Welcome to Regeneration Studio. I'm Katerina and this is another narrative journey where business and art intersect and transform individuals and communities. For each of us, the words pole dancing evoke a different image. It could be a nightclub, a strip club, giddy woman at a Hindu, high heels or sexy clothes. For a growing community of men and women across the world, however, it's also a highly beneficial, empowering and addictive form of fitness that has a deeply enchanting quality. Shortly after arriving in the Northeast, I decided to try it too. And it has changed my life in more ways than I could have imagined possible. But more than anything, through Paul, I have met some of the strongest, most awe-inspiring people. In studio with me today is one of these people, Beth Hamilton, one of Northeast's best-known pole fitness instructors and an inspiration for polers across the world. A woman whom I've admired for her grace, strength, flexibility and so much more. And together with her, we'll dig a little deeper into what is pole fitness, why is it so beneficial for all aspects of your life and what it takes to be an awesome instructor. Before we join Beth on her journey, a quick reminder, if you enjoy this episode at any point, please hit the subscribe button to our podcast and check out our YouTube channel. And if you do know of anyone who might also benefit from listening to this, share it with them by simply copying the episode link. Okay, here goes. Welcome to the show, Beth. Hi. To give our listeners an idea of who you are, imagine there is a film soon to be released called Beth, or you can come up with a different title. Can you briefly introduce yourself in the style of a film trailer? Okay. Um, Beth, an ordinary woman, mother of three, a regular civil servant, unaware of the change of direction in her life and her career. Part one. Becoming a pole fitness instructor. Pole dance as a form of fitness has surged in popularity over the last couple of years. Dance instructors rapidly started opening up studios, more and more professional dancers took interest in this form of dance, and various competitions were established. Today, there's also a vibrant pole community online, consisting of instructors, dancers, students, pole fanatics in general. As well as being an instructor, you have developed your own dance style over the years and have gained a following on Instagram. Where did it all start? Well, being a dance instructor was never on the horizon for me. It was never anything that I would have considered a career. Um, I worked in retail most of my teens and into my 20s. In my mid-20s, I was employed by the civil service, working alongside the MOD uh, for many military bases all over the UK. Um, it was only once I'd been polling for about two to three years that my current instructor at the time asked if I would be interested as an instructor. Um, so it was something I'd really even considered as I was generally happy just being a student. Um, due to mm -hmm. some anxiety, the thought of teaching simply scared me. However, on thinking about it, I took the plunge. I took my course, um, very nerve wracking. I, I think I was lucky I actually passed because my nerves um, took over. 
Um, but luckily yeah. I did pass and um, it all took off from there, really. Yes. And where were you at the time? Like, were you always based in the Northeast or were you no, somewhere else? Um, I started polling when I was actually living in Wiltshire um, in an army camp um, called Bulford, which would be near Tidworth. Um, and then I, when I returned to my, well, where my parents come from, I moved up north to Spennymoor. And then I was actually at Tempest, which is the studio I work at now. And I was there for a while. Okay. And more or less, at what time was this? Which year? Oh, oh gosh, we're probably talking about 2012, 2013. So okay, yeah, so a while back. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you are originally from the, the northeast. My parents are, yeah, because my dad was in the army. Yes. So I've oh, been yeah. all over. All right. And then you have since become one of the most reputed instructors in the northeast, I think. And you've probably seen how pole dance as a sport developed in the UK. At the moment, you teach at Tempest Dance Studio, as you pointed out, in Durham. Mm -hmm. And you do workshops as well such mm -hmm. as the ones you did at the Body and Pole Fitness Studios camp. Yeah. So what was your early life like while you were still in retail and not quite sure what the future held? Were you interested in dance at that stage at all? I used to be a podium dancer back in my late teens for a local nightclub, but that was about as okay. far as I went for dancing. Originally, yeah. I was an avid gym goer, runner and cyclist in my 20s. Mm -hmm. But it was the arrival of my children. I simply didn't have the time to get on my bike or hit the gym. It was only on the off chance that a friend asked me if I would accompany her to a local pole class. I honestly didn't even know there was such a thing. And it was only in strip clubs. <laughs> so uh, I was yeah. always up for anything. But it was love at first class. Um, can you maybe mention one thing that just that you enjoyed so much in during that first class? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's because I was always into fitness. So it was yeah. something that was different and challenging. And there was always a goal or something to achieve. Whereas if you go to the gym, you were just slogging away on the treadmill or doing your weights. It was just fun. It was enjoyable. Yes, it's exactly the same for me because I'm just generally interested in fitness. And then I kind of saw a video and decided, well, let me try this. It looks very challenging. And it actually it's and I've heard the, the feedback from quite a few people that they say when they watch it, it's actually really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, let's have a go. During those first couple of classes, did you ever think, okay, maybe, maybe I need to try something else? Or was there like moments when you, you just felt like it was really tough? I don't think I, I think once I, once I had my first class, I was hook, line and sinker. There was nothing else I really wanted to do. It was something that I could do in my own home because I think I spoke to my instructor at the time and I hired out a pole, I think within a couple of weeks. So I, Put one in my home almost straight away so I spent a lot of time daily on it 
there's no really, no time to even consider anything else. I was just so wrapped up in it and absolutely loved it. That's great. So for listeners, if you in case you're wondering, you can actually put up a poll. I don't know about almost anywhere, but it is possible to to have one in your home too. So in the same way as you make knackering combos look extremely graceful and easy, and I think this just comes with years and years of training, mm -hmm. your teaching has the same effect. So after you took your pole instructor qualification and so, of, so forth, you have the ability to make moves that are perhaps challenging, accessible to your students, giving them a continual sense of progress, which is really important for great teaching. Now, what is the most important thing you have learned about being an effective dance teacher? Oh, it's tricky. Um, I think that for me, one of my main strengths is that I can break down moves from a picture. I can understand where the points of contact are and the transitions required. And I put it down to the fact that I self-taught after a couple of years of being in a studio. So obviously when you're training alone, you have to be the extra careful uh, to prevent falling and you become more body aware. So you are more aware of what is being engaged, what points of contact you have on the pole. Whereas sometimes if you're at a studio, you just uh, do as you're told without really understanding why you're being told that. Um, so for me, that helped me as an individual. And so when I see a student in a move, I can see exactly what they should be doing or what they're not doing. And I think that's what's held me in good stead. I see. Okay, that's really interesting. Because I'm obviously with everything that's been going on this year, I had to train a lot by myself. And mm -hmm. it's, it is true. Um, like, before when I was re more reliant on someone else telling me uh, perhaps mm -hmm. I was doing this or that I'm probably still like that um, I'm now a little bit more aware of where yes all the different parts are going and the mm -hmm. balance and all of that yeah yes so um, I mean that's just one thing that really struck me about your teaching is that you just break it down so well <laughs> how has this ability helped you in your career so far I think it's just because a lot of it's word of mouth as well, because obviously I teach all over the UK and I think it's more other people um, spread the, how they find my teaching yeah. skills. Uh, people like me who then invite you on a podcast to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I've never really thought of it. Um, I, I, I get a lot of feedback that people like uh, my class structures that I can break things down mm -hmm. really well. I'm patient, I'm encouraging. Uh, I do find that I'm very enthusiastic. I absolutely love teaching and I think that shows. Mm -hmm. And I always strive to get the best out of everyone. Um, and that is my goal is to make people the best they can be, you know? Yes. Yeah, and that's good. That's great that that's the goal of a teacher so mm -hmm. just a, a confession from my side so I obviously saw you the for the first time at a workshop and I had no idea who you were mm -hmm. and then like the moment you you started doing the moves on the on the pole that was being 
demonstrated by at the time the person who ran the workshop so you were attending it I was like who is this woman <laughs> she's just like so incredible um and then obviously subsequently I found out who you are and got to um to experience your teaching for myself so that that is incredible just very quickly you mentioned you teach all over the UK how it's complicated now but is it mostly online or mostly online um I think um mm -hmm. lockdown has actually benefited me because I teach locally um I don't actually drive so for me traveling all over the UK is yeah. difficult because the cost of uh, oh. travel is so is so high um so I've actually pulled students from all over the UK um who attend my zoom classes and not only from the UK I have people from um Israel Belgium America mm. France who attend my classes so it's um it's it's fantastic really yes and I discovered your classes as well online during this time because it is a very tough time to kind of keep the motivation going mm. and it has been great so thank you for that part two creating poetry in motion. Now going a bit back into the history of pole dancing and we had quite an interesting discussion beforehand about this. In the early 1900s, exotic dancers from Egypt performed around a pole as part of a traveling circus in America. These dancers were meant to attract viewers and were often of a central nature. It was only later on that pole dancing as we know it today became associated with bars and strip clubs and so forth. And it's this later development, if I understand it correctly, that forms the basis of pole fitness. So if you had to put all of the history and all of the information aside, for you, what is pole fitness? I think, as you said, as you just mentioned, when you said for you, I think it is an individual's perspective. I think that's a very fine line between pole fitness and pole dance. I guess some people see fitness side as just the tricks when on the floor work and often by a few who mm -hmm. like don't truly really see themselves as a dancer per se. I'm more comfortable and confident on the pole than I am around it. But I think as we grow, on our pole journey, I think we all become dancers little by little, and we should embrace that part of ourselves. Um, it's difficult because I ha I don't have a dance background, so I've always just referred to myself as a polar. So I kind of get oh, okay. to pole dancer, but I think like some people who try to deny the roots of pole eventually do themselves end up in heels anyway. <laughs> So I embrace all aspects, you know, embrace the history as well. Okay. I mean, it's once again, kind of similar for me because I've never danced in my entire life mm -hmm. until I started this. And now I've just, I'm hooked on both parts, like the tricks and that part, but it has taken quite some getting used to. From what I've seen and experienced in your workshops, if dance were described as the poetry of motion, and this is kind of what started pulling me more and more into that side of pole fitness, the dancing side, mm -hmm. 
you definitely create or inspiring and elegant lines, despite saying that it's it wasn't the dance part of it that, that mm-hmm. maybe got mm-hmm. you. I mean, that is what I find when, when I look at your Instagram account or when I just look at how you demonstrate moves and everything, it's just an elegance to it. Mm-hmm. And being able to do something so well you have to put so much work into it and to become a role model to others especially and this is what what you have become by word of mouth and so forth it does take resilience too and I'm sure there were moments when you perhaps wanted to give up maybe so what were those moments in your Paul career um I've never really wanted to give up it, it's very rare that I've had times mm. where I think probably more so now as I am older and I you know I'm not as flexible as I was uh before I had my youngest and there are days when I just think oh I'm just gonna pack it in I'm gonna get a job at Asda but um, <laughs> I, think, I think we all have those days where you have days where you yeah. are amazing and you're getting everything that you want to try. And then usually for me, the following day, you cannot do anything. And I think you've got to think that those days don't really matter. It's just part of the journey. You know, wouldn't it be boring if you could get everything straight away? That's the whole point. It's Mm -hmm. to you and to challenge you. Um, So- I love that comment you just made. (laughs) Which one? Oh no, that it's the journey. It's if everything was easy and we we were just able to do things, it it's not going to be fun. Like, what's the point? Exactly, exactly. Wouldn't it be boring? Um, yeah. So I think that, and I've got as I've as I am older now, I I'm at that point where I am about enjoying it and trying things that I want to try. I don't feel the pressure to get the latest move. I say that. I mean, I usually try it anyway but I'm under no pressure to get these crazy moves, the ones that require extreme flexibility or extreme strength, that I'm in no rush. If I wanna work at it, I'll probably have to do extra weight training, Um, but I'm just happy where I am. I've got enough um, creativity to compensate, I I would think. Okay. Do you do extra training, like weight training or flexibility training or something like that? I used to stretch, but I'm incredibly lazy at that now. So I don't stretch like I should. I'm quite lucky in that I've always had my front splits. So I've never had to work for them. So they're Mm -hmm. always there regardless. I have started trying to do some strength training. It's not just so much for my pole. It's because as I am getting older, you do lose uh, muscle density, muscle mass. So I'm just trying to um, fight the aging process more than anything, really, and to keep myself in a shape that I can still pole for at least another 10 years. Or more. Yeah, hopefully more. (laughs) Hopefully more. Hopefully more. So what is the most defining moment of everyday life that keeps you motivated as an instructor? I think a lot of it is when people message me um, telling me that I inspire them and that they love what I do and when you know when I when I'm teaching and someone says to me oh I haven't been able to do this move I can't do it I've been trying for years and then I'll say show me and then I'll say right you need to do this and then they get it and they're like I can't believe I've struggled so long and it's just one tip that's changed everything 
So I think I am buzzing more than they are when they get that. Um, and it's satisfying because it shows that all my hard work and training and understanding of each move has paid off. It's helping other polars develop their knowledge and ability, you know? Yes, definitely. And if we were to take the the metaphor of dance as, as poetry further, you create your motion poetry on Instagram and that's where I, I suppose you get most of the, the messages and, and so forth mm -hmm. because you post regularly. So you post combos and I think it's just mostly combos. Mm -hmm. And then students like myself, uh, we see it. <laughs> I actually did this a while back. I was like, I need to use that combo in a routine. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's it's also a means to challenge ourselves mm -hmm. and develop. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really great. What is the benefit of social media for fitness instructors and dancers in particular? I think um, you need, it's for, for sharing your content, building an audience, especially as a pole instructor, it helps me gain more clients and we want to share what we know and that's why we put it out there and we want people to be inspired and and to be inspired you know it's a lot easier now than it was when i started i didn't even know um well i was a bit behind you i didn't even know there was a thing called youtube when i started i didn't even know that there was whole i didn't know it was even that mainstream when i started or that popular so it allows us to connect with like-minded polars from all over. And it is such a vast community. You, you probably can't imagine just how many pole dancers there are out there. There's more than people realize. Okay. So through Instagram, uh, I now have students from all over the world. And it is such an honor that so many talented pole dancers want to learn from me. Half of the time, I'm actually surprised. because I think most of them are better than me already, but hey-ho. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, these are things I'd actually, I wasn't aware of just because, well, I, I can see what you do, but I, I obviously don't know all of the background and, and what goes on behind the scenes. So it's amazing to hear that. And so what, how did you decide, okay, well, I'm going to start an Instagram account. I think it was because everyone was doing it really. Mm -hmm. It was, um, I think I started mine out in I think it was 2014 is my earliest one, but I wasn't really posting a lot on it. I think I must have posted once a month, if that. I would open the account and pretty much neglected it. And I think it was only when Facebook started banning and banning people for copyright on the music. So a lot of people drifted over to Instagram to post their videos because originally people from what when I remember is everyone posted their poll moves, their poll combos on, on Facebook. But oh. now it's not so often now and nothing everyone everyone moved over on mass to Instagram where copyright isn't um well saying that they do actually still delete you. But it was just people stayed there. Um yes. and there's and it's just after putting so much time into your account you don't really want to go to another platform so you just have to abide by the rules and use you know mute your videos and and that so okay i see that's why yes what has been because i mean social media is one of those things it 
it is not always easy. So what would you say are the best things you've done to kind of build that community or audience for yourself? Um, I think trying to stay true to myself. All I can say is I try to be creative and use a lot of my own ideas. Okay. Um, and if you, and I think as well, Instagram is quite aesthetic as well. It's how you mm -hmm. present. So I find that a lot of my videos that are more viewed are tend to be the shorter ones. Okay. And also I think because I'm quite slow as well, uh, everyone can <laughs> see what I'm doing. So it's easy to copy. <laughs> Oh right. Um, but I think it's I never thought been, of that. <laughs> it's, I know. I think that is true. Um, I think it's about being consistent and keeping yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And would you say that teaching in a class, like say what you would normally do at Tempest Dance Studio, and mm -hmm. what you do on Instagram, are two completely different things, or? Are they kind of the same in a sense because you are teaching through what you post on Instagram? I would say it's a huge difference, really. I'm not I'm not um, breaking them down. I'm not talking mm -hmm. over them. I'm not adding text so people know yeah. what I'm doing. An Instagram post has been done so many times to get the right angle. So it's been rehearsed. So it becomes easy to me. In classes, I tried to get the combo just right the first time. I hate making in class so I put myself under a lot of pressure in class because I don't want to I've got a fear of failing I think every, I think a lot of people do but I hate letting myself down and people down okay so it is it is different it is different it's it's not the same as a class structure yes and then once again it, it's that thing that we don't always see as people who perhaps go yes. to an account is that it is rehearsed that you well not rehearsed but a lot of practice goes into getting the right angle because you can't just necessarily Absolutely. put it up and, and do it yes <laughs> yeah. yes and I think people should remember that when they attend a class if I'm doing a demo it's guaranteed that I spent you know an hour or so on it the the day before so I could demo it for people so you should never put yourself under any pressure in a class to be able to get it straight away because chances are the instructor also didn't get it straight away <laughs> okay well that that's kind of encouraging to know yeah. part three staying active and empowered Now, as we go into the third part, this is really about how pole dance or pole fitness can help individuals kind of deal with everyday life, I suppose. So it is an incredibly empowering sport, or at least that's what I found because of its mental as well as physical benefits. Why should people consider pole fitness as a way to stay active? Because it's different for when I used to go to the gym, um, I used to be on that treadmill on that bike, plodding away and it can be boring. I think pole is, is challenging. It's fun. So you don't actually realize how exhausting it is because you're so 
um, engrossed in what you're actually doing, there's you cannot get distracted by anything else. Mm -hmm. If you're pedaling on a bike, you're thinking about what you're going to make for tea, what happened yesterday. Whereas when you're in a pole class, you are so focused on what your instructor is telling you and what you're trying to do because it involves using muscles you may not have used, lifting your body weight. That um, sometimes it can take away the troubles for an hour. You know, you don't think of anything other than what you are working on. It's amazing for body and soul. Um, I can't really say much more than that. You have to try it to understand. It may it may not be for you, and that's absolutely fine. But for me, it is everything. It's it's amazing, and I do recommend getting down to your pole studio and and trying it just once, even if it's just once. Yes, it's kind of funny because a lot of people who I recommended it to they always just say that oh well I won't be able to lift myself up or I won't be able to go upside down and these are mm -hmm. exactly the thoughts that went through my head but the moment you you do it and you you see that it's just a little bit of determination yeah you feel you feel great exactly and and I say to people that's why you go to pole to get stronger to get mm -hmm. flexible you know you you don't start something and expect to be able to do it straight away, even with things simple as knitting. You know, you've got to start from somewhere. Exactly. Um, you can only go forward. Yes. And then the other aspect of it, and this is something I've discovered over the last month or so, is that it's also the community. That's the, yeah. the part you don't realize. But there oh, is absolutely. a very close-knit community. How have you found that from your perspective? Oh, it's been great. I've got loads of um, a lot of my best friends are from the pole community. And if it wasn't because of pole, they wouldn't be in my life. And I think as well, it, it it's something that you have in common. It's something for you to talk about. There's always something to talk about. And you move, uh, giving each other advice on how to accomplish something, you know, and general chatting about all sorts pole related, yes. you know, the, the recent memes and such like. Yeah. And life as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It is true that it is challenging, though. It, it's not something that's easy that just comes like it's not running where it, it's just simply you go out and you do it. It does work every aspect of your body and requires commitment and mental endurance to progress, because I think sometimes when people hit a wall on a move or something, they, they just kind of think, oh, well, I can't do it. So what are your three tips firstly for someone wanting to progress in any challenging activity well I think it, you've got to change your mindset as well you just you just said I can't I think sometimes if you show a move and someone says I can't they've already failed they've already told themselves that that they're going to fail so I always say if you can't get a move it's because you're not ready or it's just not today you know uh, you will get there my three tips are usually be consistent you know you will not get better if you take huge breaks off or you know you need to i think the more times you do it in a week obviously you're going to progress quicker than someone who does it once every fortnight okay that was the first one the second one is always listen to your instructor because they will know more than you <laughs> like you told me on wednesday <laughs> I do, I do. It's like, not what I told you. And that is, 
So yeah, always listen to your instructor, okay? Yeah. Because they are there for a reason. And the third one is just enjoy the journey. Don't put yourself under any pressure. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Listen to your body and just enjoy the ride. Wow, those are such good tips. Okay, I'm going to take them to heart, definitely. Yeah, so to progress and poll, to become the best you can be, be consistent, train often. And if you can lift weights, do your stretching and train both sides, okay? So if you do want to, I mean, being super strong and super flexy isn't really that important at the start. But if you don't think about stretching early on, you're going to get that point where you still want to get that flat jade. You know, you want to get that split. Um, you want to be able to get that lift. Start maybe a couple of times a week, just a couple of minutes aside. I use it as a warm up. I do some weights before my um, before I start training. So it actually um, gets me nice and grippy as well, nice and warm. Yes. Okay, great tips. And then just to finish up, before we go into the roundup questions, my favorite questions. This... They were the hardest. <laughs> they were the hardest. I get that that feedback quite a bit. Um, we obviously had a, a very tough year and there has been much debate about how the arts and culture and fitness sectors have been affected. Mm -hmm. What this has brought to light is how important cultural events and fitness classes are for well-being in general and mental health in particular. And I can say just from my own experience that this month, what's carried me through is the online poll community is just being mm -hmm. able to have that, those access mm -hmm. to those classes online as well. Mm -hmm. So what were the best decisions you made this year? Oh, crikey. It would probably be starting my um, online classes, which I actually kept running when the lockdown was lifted. Um, I, I actually really do enjoy them. I look forward to teaching them my uh, crazy ideas I've come up with throughout the week. <laughs> trying to keep them unique and true to me, who I am as a polar. Um, yeah, I think that was probably the, and obviously getting my puppy. Uh, so <laughs> getting, getting your pup oh yes uh, you've yes. you're all oh, right of course yeah that that would help too <laughs> uh during trying times in general what is the best policy for fitness instructors if you are studio owner and i know a lot of studios do this anyway but um it's to keep a social presence for your students let them know that you're still there to support them, not only for the lessons, but mentally as well. So post combos you've taught and, and perhaps set challenges to keep them interested and to keep, let them know that you're still there um, and that you just haven't abandoned them during the lockdown, which okay. I don't think anyone did, to be honest. No, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to get the motivation challenges, little competitions, um, yeah, and um, you know the odd message, I suppose, is to make sure everyone's all right. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't run a studio, so there's not mm. so much pressure on me. But uh, as an employee, I know how difficult it has been, and it's been very stressful. And we're just hoping that 
everyone comes back fighting and you know it's a tough time yes so first of all thank you so much for joining me today beth it's been very insightful um thank you and then you've mentioned your online classes and we are still in a time when we're not sure what's happening and so forth but mm -hmm. just going into the future are you going to carry on with these classes and where can people find you where should they look oh definitely carrying on um for as long as people will come i will keep them running i kept them going when we lifted lockdown as as i mentioned earlier but i i do i do really enjoy them so they will be on every wednesday and friday four till five and just um message me to book okay. um uh, that's about it really yeah yes I will include all the, well, I think it's uh, just your Instagram handle and in the show notes yeah. so people know where to find yeah. you. Okay, yeah. yeah. so now for the favorite, my favorite part. Well, actually, to be honest, mm -hmm. I always enjoy these episodes incredibly. Like just what people, their inside their offer is great. But here we go, short, quick fire questions so that listeners can get to know you better. What is the most recent film series you watched, podcast you listened to, or book you read? Right. Um, I like to currently watch all the Netflix Christmas, Christmas films because they're easy viewing and it puts me in festive cheer. So nothing like a bit of Christmas cheese. That's uh, the last The last series I watched was The Queen's Gambit. Uh, I just started it. It looks oh, really good. I love it. Highly okay. recommend. Highly recommend. It's fabulous. Oh, I was glued to the screen like for the first episode. So. Oh, I watched the whole season in one night by the last half oh. hour of this one. So I don't blame you. Oh, it was really great. good. And I'm yeah. currently reading the Witcher series after watching the season on Netflix. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'm on this. I'm on the fifth book now. Okay, I don't know that one. What you important? You must watch The Witcher. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I think I saw it. I will definitely give it a watch. What important truth do very few people agree with you on? Oh God, I, do you know what? I'm sure there's loads, but I can't think of one. Uh, Socialize your dogs. <laughs> That's that's a good one. Honestly, yes. honestly, there would be so many issues with dogs if they were all socialized. There wouldn't be so yeah. many in rescue centers if they'd been socialized correctly. That's one of my pet peeves. So there you go. That's okay. one of my truths. <laughs> Tell us about the biggest challenge you've overcome in your life. And this is a personal challenge. These are tricky. Um, I think that. Oh, possibly the realization that life is not how you ever want it to be. And sometimes you have to accept that no matter how difficult it is. Mm. Yeah, very true. A bit deep. Yes. <laughs> Gives me a lot to think about now. Oh, and then... I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Dumb. And it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for sharing that. And then... A little bit on the lighter side and maybe optimistic. What is your favorite travel destination and why? Right. Okay. I'm going to be a party pooper. I'm not much of a traveler. Um, I'm a true homeboy. Okay. In the Northeast, because then? 
Yes, well, because my home is where me, me, my family is, and me and my dogs, and I also have a I can't fly. Yeah. However, if I could fly anywhere in the world, it would have been Italy. I'd love to have visited Venice and Rome because it just looks so beautiful over there. Yes, I agree with you. And then what advice would you give to someone wishing to start a career in dance? Go for it and enjoy the ride. Thank you once again. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this narrative journey, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and review on Apple, as we love to hear your feedback. Help us share the most extraordinary stories of business, art and inspiration that could make a small difference in someone else's life. Feel free to drop us a line, let us know what you think and what you'd like to see in the future from us. Join me next time for more narrative journeys into creative business ideas.